And the moment he lay hands on her, she was straightened up. Everybody said he lay his hands on her. Come on. Say it again. He lay his hands on her. Now I'm going I'm to get you to dwell on this a little because you have to understand from the scriptures. The Bible says in Acts chapter 5 and verse 12. It says, now many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles. Which means the apostles, they were used to a particular practice called the laying on of their hands. Everywhere you look in the Bible, I'm going to introduce this. It's a, such an important topic here. Everywhere you look in the Bible, you see apostles laying hands. You see Jesus laying hands. You see Jesus commanding to lay hands. Everyone lift your hands. How many brought your hands along? Because in this session, you're going to need these hands. Amen. You see in the Bible, the Bible teaching us the importance of the laying on of your hands. The Bible says in, in Acts 14 and verse 3, they remained there for a long time, speaking boldly for the Lord, who bore witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be what? To be what? Done by whose hands? Whose hands? Whose hands? The Lord's hands? The disciples' hands. The, the Bible is saying that the word of his grace, that he was now granting signs and wonders to be done at the hands of the disciples. I know some of us, instead of signs or wonders, we've been doing signs and blunders. You know, we've been doing things and, and wondering, well, why, what, what was that all about? But the Bible says God wants you to operate in signs. Everybody say, signs and wonders. Say it again, signs and wonders. You will never really see what the Lord has for you until you know the Lord really has it for you. Acts chapter 4 and verse 29 and 30. And now the Lord looked, the Bible, they begin to pray a prayer. This is after persecution broke out. Among the disciples. The Bible says, and now Lord, take a note of their threats. Lord, instead of praying, they were being persecuted. And they didn't pray, Lord, take these threats away. Take these people who are threatening away. They didn't say, Lord, take me away from the situation of threat. They simply said, Father, take a note that they are threatening. Take a note of their threat and grant your servants that they may what? Speak boldly. What a prayer. That you see here among the disciples. They're saying bring it on Lord. Bring it on. Can you say that with me? Bring it on Jesus. Amen. You know what they're saying? Lord did you see them threatening? Take a note of that Lord. And give us boldness. That we will speak with what? Boldly and all confidence. And in verse 30. While, while what you will do Lord. You will what? Extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders to take place in the name of your holy servant Jesus. Lord, that you give us confidence and you stretch your hand out, Lord. Hallelujah. Everybody say, these are my hands. My hands are anointed hands. My hands carry the anointing of God. Now I'm going to show you from the scripture something very powerful. Before you understand the laying on of hands, you have to understand some things about the anointing of God. From the time I got born again, and I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I encountered the anointing of the Holy Spirit that actually changed my life very drastically. 
you can only believe oftentimes what you have encountered some people say well you preach about the baptism of the holy spirit and the encounter of the holy spirit i have no such experience many years ago someone told me like that they said there is no baptism of the holy spirit because you're preaching your experience i looked at them and say you're preaching your lack of experience i said i'm preaching what i have encountered you're preaching the lack of your encounter often times because we have not experienced something it does not mean it is not there jesus said that the anointing of god is the first thing that god wanted to give every disciple in the last days i will pour out my spirit upon all flesh god wants to pour out his anointing upon you he wants to pour out so i need to know what is this anointing before i lay hands on people i need to understand what really happens the bible says this anointing to anoint is a, a hebrew word called alifo which which is and in the greek it is creo anointed or anoint the origin of this word actually comes from a practice among the middle eastern shepherds that used to struggle with with insects or bugs that would get under the in, inside the wool of the sheep and and would crawl all the way and get inside their ears and then burrow holes inside and infections would come in which would affect their brain and and then the sheep would die so the, what did the shepherds do they begin to take some oil everybody say oil and they begin to anoint which means they begin to take this oil and rub say rub say rub now they begin to rub the sheep from head to toe all over so that uh, like a man said when this anointing comes on you the shepherds rub the oil to keep the bugs off which means when you get anointed by the holy ghost no bug can bug you amen no demon of hell can get you upset no work of the enemy no challenge will get you depressed or oppressed why because you are more than an overcomer hallelujah amen because of the anointing say the anointing if there is something in our christian life we desperately need we need the anointing of the holy spirit this anointing will lead you this anointing will guide you this anointing will speak to you the bible says you do not know what to do what to say but the holy spirit himself will stand and speak through you the anointing will encourage you the anointing will teach you the anointing will go before you this anointing it would protect it would rub from head to toe there is something about this oil of god if you ever used oil on your body you know that that oil gets on your hand right if you get if you begin to use the first thing you apply it on is on your hand and then after everything you touch stretch your hand out for a minute everything you touch what happens that oil from your hand passes on amen this is why god begins to explain the anointing like oil that if the anointing of god comes on you if the anointing of god begins to overpower you it is not magic but if you touch it because it's on you it will pass on to somebody hallelujah because you are carrying the anointing of god lift your hands say these hands are anointed hands say these hands are anointed hands how many of you believe that you are born again by jesus christ amen can you be born again without the holy ghost 
If the Holy Ghost symbol is oil, can you touch something with the Holy Ghost inside of you and that oil not pass on to what you're touching? Hallelujah. This is why the Bible is saying that when you are anointed, if the anointing of God is on you, God is saying, I want you to believe for laying on of hands. Amen. The Bible does not, wants to qualify this in the New Testament. You see that so many places in the Bible, you see that these laying on of hands was constantly happening. You know, when they practice the, the, the anointing with oil upon the sheep or in different people or, or, or all of that, animals were anointed to protect them from illnesses. Persons were anointed for health. It was often employed as a mark of hospitality, as a mark of, and, and that's why Jesus said, I came to you and uh, you know and he tells the pharisee you did not give me water water for my wash my feet you did not anoint my head with oil but this woman from the time she has come she has not stopped weeping and wiping my my feet you know the bible talked about this and he says this anointing she has done upon me this is done for my burial but it will be spoken about hallelujah she, he was saying, you were not willing to rub or to anoint. But this broken, this broken woman, she brought something of price to her. And she has just poured it upon me. She has anointed upon me. So it was a sign of honor. That is why the Bible says, he, my, my, he anointeth my head with. Which means he lifts my head up. In the presence of my enemies. Hallelujah. He pours his oil upon you and pours his oil upon me. So that even though we have gone through a season of humiliation, or you've gone through a moment of pain, Bible says in the midst of your pain, what is the honor God can give you? He can pour his anointing upon you. Hallelujah. When I came into full-time ministry many years ago, you know, that's the time when you, I was, because I was medically trained and our cultures, you know, education is high. When I came into full-time ministry, uh, it was not very uh, accepted by my families, by my extended families. And so, in good sense, they wanted to take, they loved me, they honored me, so they wanted me to be, take care of myself. And uh, so when I came to full-time, they struggled with it. So one day I told my families, I said, I said, why don't you guys, you guys are just hearing what I'm doing. Why don't you come and see what I'm doing? I'm preaching at a meeting nearby, nearby hometown. Why don't you come? So I called my dad and I said, Dad, why don't you just come along? And see what, uh, see what your boy is doing. So he says, okay. And uh, long story short, uh, my father, he came with one car full of people. And then his, his close friend who lived as a neighbor, he came with his family. And then I think if I'm not wrong, another family from Kotem came around two, three cars driving into this meeting. It was a missions conference. I was preaching at a Bible college somewhere in Thiruvall area, I think. And while I'm preaching, I'm seeing them, you know, cars driving in <laughs> and people walking out of the cars. And, and the interesting thing is one of my uncles who was living very near my home, his son, he was, I think at that time he was in high school somewhere. He, his hand had gotten paralyzed because of something. He couldn't move one of his hands and he was paralyzed. And, and, and they brought him to Trivandrum and I brought him here. I took him to the neurologist in the city because at that time I'd done my internship here. And so I knew the people here, went to the doctors, checked him up, gave him medication and nothing was changing. And so the family was upset. Their son was, you know, was unwell and, and they did not know what to do. So here I'm seeing my uncle's car driving in and his people are there and his son with a paralyzed hand is walking out of the car. And I'm preaching there. Now that, it was a missions conference. I love missions. And so I was preaching about missions that day. 
After finishing, I'm at an altar call, and so many people came forward to give their lives to missions and commit their life. I finished that altar call, prayed over the people. I'm going, just finishing this uh, meeting and handing over. At that time, I hear the Holy Spirit tell me, pray for healing right now. And I'm thinking in my heart, no, wait a minute. I don't want to pray for healing here. There's a missions conference. But the Lord said, pray for healing. I said, okay, in Jesus' name, if there's anybody sick in this place, I want to pray for healing right now. Be healed in Jesus' name. And I finished that one line, prayed, and walked away. Next day, man, I, I came back to Trivandrum. They went back to their places. I saw all of them said, hi, bye, and all they went to their places. Next morning, I get a phone call. So what happened? They said, the boy whose hand was paralyzed, he got completely healed. He began to move his hands. Hallelujah. Everybody lift up your hands and say, these hands are anointed hands. Hallelujah. You see, I want you to know there is nothing in your hand. It is what came upon your hand. Hallelujah. So some of you wonder, well, I'm a nobody. You know I'm a nobody. Yeah, we know you're a nobody. We know that. But do you know who is on you, who is upon you, who is in you? Hallelujah. Moses looked at God and said, when God said, you know, uh, you, know, uh, you know, I want you to go and set my people free. Moses said, who am I? God didn't even answer that question. Because that wasn't worth answering. You know what God said? Moses, God, who, who am I that, that, that you should call me? God looked at him and said, I'll go with you. I thought for it a long while. What, what, what kind of answer? He's asking, who am I? And God's saying, I'll go with you. Because that question really did, who am I? God was just saving time. He said, that's not worth answering. I know you're a nobody, but don't worry, I'll go with you. Amen. Because, you know, sometimes we spend the whole day debating with God. God, I'm a nobody. And God will say, no, you're not a nobody. You're a somebody. But Lord, you don't know what all is going on in my life. No, but, you know, and, you know, whole, whole drama of you debating with God about your unbelief. God says, agreed, I know you're a nobody. But what happens when the Holy Ghost comes upon you? Hallelujah. Lift up your hands. These hands are, are ordinary hands with an extraordinary anointing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So many times we begin to think in our, what, what can God do with me? That, 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 that day, I, when I woke up in the morning hearing that my, my nephew was healed by the power of God. I was so excited. I was so excited because, you know, when everything else fails, I believe God can intervene. At that time, I, I had gone off. This was the early years of the ministry. I went off to Bombay to preach at a meeting. And while I'm preaching at a meeting a few weeks later or whatever, I get a phone call from my dad. My dad said, son, I want you to come back now. I said, what happened? Your uncle has had a heart attack. He's very sick in hospital and all of that. And, uh, you know, he, you need to come and pray for him right now. Now, these are the early years. And uh, so I was in Bombay. You know, you don't just go to Bombay and leave a meeting and come back. I said, dad, I can't come now. I need, I need, I'm at a meeting. He's, and dad said, no, you need to come now. Uh, you know, you need to come now. I said, why? What happened? You know, in the back of my mind, I was thinking, you know, you, when they go, when people go for a job to America, you don't tell them, come now. You go for a job to Europe, you don't tell them, you must come now. In fact, even if your father dies, you don't tell them, come now. Because the, the job will go back over there. So don't worry, there are enough people here in this country. We will take care of your dead dad. You just make sure you don't lose your job. The markets are a little shaky now, you know. So this is, but my, my dad looked at me and said, you need to come now. I said, Why? Because your uncle's not well. I said, so what? I said, my brother is in plastic surgery department here. In, right now, he was doing some work here in plastic surgery. I said, why don't you call him? He's the, he's the good guy. He's the, you used to tell me I must be like him. I said, no, 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 no. You need to come. I said, why? He said, because your brother knows medicine, but you carry, you know medicine and you carry the anointing. Hallelujah. Amen. Everybody say, he anointed my head with oil. My cup runneth over. 
the anointing will exalt you. The anointing will speak on your behalf. The, what you cannot say, the anointing will speak for you. Hallelujah. What you cannot. Now, some people, some of you say, well, well, pastor, I, I prayed, but nothing happened. I, I want you to know I prayed. And the first few of them that I lay hands on, they never made it. They were history. But one thing I knew, I knew that I know they didn't make it. I know they passed away. But what if the next one? Amen. Come on, look at somebody and say, just what if? The next one is the miracle you're waiting for. Amen. I looked at my dad and I said, on the phone, I said, dad, I can't come now. I really need to be in Bombay. I've got to finish my meetings. I'll come after four days. Because I had a booking after four days. Who has the money at that time to change the booking and all? I'm talking about 1997, 98, somewhere that time. Whoa, that's 21 years ago. And I looked at my dad and I said, I'll come after a few days. I got on the train. I came back to Kerala from the railway station. Went straight to medical college, Trivandrum. Uncle going to be wheeled in for some procedure. And he said, told the doctors, you just wait. I got somebody coming to see me. He waited. I walked right into that medical college, prayed for him, laid hands, rebuked that sickness. He walked in and checked up everything completely healed by the power of God. Amen. Come on, lift up your hands and say, these ordinary hands carry an extraordinary anointing. Say it again. These hands are ordinary hands, but they carry heaven's anointing. Hallelujah. Do you know your mouth carries heaven's words? Your hands carries heaven's presence. Your heart carries heaven's mandate. Hallelujah. You and I are not ordinary people. We have a message from heaven for a hurting world. This anointing wants to immerse you in the anointing. Hallelujah. You have to understand some things about this anointing. The anointing has the power to do certain things. Number one, he wants to just immerse you in that anointing. Which means he wants you to get dripped with that anointing. That is why the Bible says, when you pray in the spirit, you are building your most holy faith. Hallelujah. Your faith begins to grow. The anointing on your life begins to grow. Now, it does not happen by sitting back and saying, well, let me check it out. You know, let me see if pastor lays his hands on me. Let me see if something happens. Pastor, go ahead. Lay your hands on me. I want you to know, lay hands. I'll lay my foot. I'll stand on you. Nothing will happen. Because the Bible says, if any man thirsts, hallelujah. If any man, it doesn't say if any man reads the Bible, you'll get anointed by the Holy Ghost to full measure. It says if any man thirsts, if any man the key for the anointing is in your thirsting. From the time I got born again, I began to thirst. I said, Lord, I really want this. Not that I wanted the miracle power of God. I wanted God himself. I wanted to be at worship services. And I'd be, I'd be at services and hours would go by. And day in and day out. And we'll cry and we'll worship. And we'll be in the presence of God. We'll thirst for the things of God. Because I knew the anointing was the key. That if we could understand this anointing of God. The anointing of God... Wants to immerse you. Imagine if you get immersed in water. Hallelujah. How many of you have gone completely in water? Immersed in water. And then you walk out. And now everywhere you are walking. Are you planning to wet that area? No, you're not. But because you are carrying that anointing. Everywhere you go. Everyone you touch. Everybody that comes in your way. Hallelujah. They begin to come under the influence. 
of your anointing. Hallelujah. Look at somebody and say, my anointing carries an influence. Amen. Your anointing carries an influence. Hallelujah. To be a head of a home is an anointing. To be a father or mother in your home is an anointing. That carries an influence. That is why you shouldn't just be a husband. You should be an anointed husband. Hallelujah. You shouldn't be just a wife. You should be a Holy Ghost filled. Holy Ghost anointed wife. Hallelujah. Amen. Many years ago, my wife and I we were, just, we were just married. We went off to Bihar. And, and uh, I come from a home where there's a lot of hospitality. My mom loves having people home. People pass by us, come eat and go. <laughs> That's the home I came from. My wife came from a home where they didn't have many people coming over. So we got married. And for me, it was most natural to have people home. So we went off to Bihar. And in Bihar, we landed there and we were in a mission hospital there. And I got went and met all the doctors and all of that. Hi, 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 hi. And by evening, I called 14 of them home for dinner. That's just who I am. I said, come home. Yeah, let's have dinner. And I went home and I told my wife, you know, these are, these are things you do when you're just married. I won't tell the rest of it. Uh, what we do after a few years. I guess we'll get a little wiser. All right. So I, well, I called, told her, I said, I've, I've invited some people home for dinner tonight. She said, well, who? Well, I said, 14 of them. They're coming home. Oh, okay. What are you going to do? I said, let's make some biryani. Let's fix it. Let's do something. But the problem is we didn't have utensils for 14 people. And you know, we had that two, three liter pressure cooker. Psst, that, I mean, how do you make for 14 people? Anyway, we tried to figure it out. I said, don't worry. We'll figure it out. You know, because I'm a pioneer. I thought, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out on the road. I mean, how to make this biryani, you know? And oh, she was upset with me. Why didn't you ask? Let's plan it out. This, that, and all that. And one day, went to the kitchen. No, that day, afternoon, went to the kitchen. And this is cooking. And big guests are coming in. I told her, don't worry about the biryani. If it messes up, we'll buy some Maggie noodles. I mean, we'll give them noodles. We didn't promise them we will give you Mid Middle Eastern and Mediterranean biryani. I just told her, come home for dinner. <laughs> we'll figure out what happens. She said, Maggie noodles? And you know, for a newly married wife who's just having 14 people home, you want us to give Maggie noodles? Now, see, being just married, I didn't understand any of those cues. I was totally oblivious to those questions. I said, yeah, what's wrong with Maggie noodles? I mean, because many of us guys, we made it all through high school and college with Maggie noodles, you know? <laughs> I mean, what would we have done if it wasn't for Maggie noodles? Two minutes, put in that boiling water, and then whatever comes out. You know, we didn't care. <laughs> whatever, came, whatever came out of that cup. Yeah, and then one day, and we know that we're not sure this is going to come right. So I told my wife, I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. We are getting stressed out unnecessarily. I said, let's pray over this biryani. It was inside the... I said, in Jesus' name. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Let this be an amazing biryani. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Man of faith. You know, this is how you all begin. You just because, you know, how can you begin to learn to swim unless somebody pushed you in the water? Amen. Unless you got in the water. Some of you get in the bathtub and, and you're learning to swim inside a one foot deep, uh, uh, you know, tub of water. And the guests came home and they opened it. We opened it up and we had the biryani. And some of them said, wow, how did you make such amazing biryani? Trust me, we didn't. <laughs> I tell you, nowadays we could do a much, much better job. But that day, I have to tell you, that was the Holy Ghost. I tell you, hallelujah. The Holy Ghost can bring miracles in your surrounding influence. Everywhere you walk, 
because you get filled everybody say filled say filled with the holy ghost because you get filled with the holy ghost every what you're filled with begins to influence other people now you know why some people don't like you <laughs> what you're filled with you're filled with bitterness that influences other people you're filled with anger and influence other people you're filled with depression and influence other people you get filled with the anointing of god hallelujah come on lift your hands say these hands are ordinary hands but they carry an extraordinary anointing the anointing of god wants to immerse you not only does he want to immerse you, he wants to he wants to fill you daily the bible says be filled with the holy ghost continually the disciples were filled with the holy ghost again and again and again that's what acts 13:52 says they were just filled again and again and again which means every day god wants to replenish on you the anointing of the holy spirit not only does he want to replenish the anointing of the holy spirit that it is a repetitive infilling everybody say every day every day be filled with the holy ghost so it is a, not just a repetitive action this anointing is transferable this anointing of god is transferable which means the presence of god which is on you which was upon jesus has come on you and which is on you he has given this anointing that you can now on behalf of jesus amen on behalf of jesus you can allow this anointing to flow through your life that instead of jesus laying hands he's now asking will you lay hands on the sick instead of jesus doing those miracles he's asking can jesus do the miracles through you lift your hands say these are my hands look at somebody and say god wants to use my hands hey man can you believe that how many of you young people can believe that hey man older people find a lot of things hard to believe young people are so amazing they believe anything they believe that that the whale swallowed giant jonah if you told them that jonah swallowed a whale they'll believe that too that is why they have an amazing life and we have a life full of problems i don't know what's going to happen i mean they they have don't have a care in the world i fail for my mathematics ba 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 i mean they just excited why because they believe like somebody said exams come and go every few weeks <laughs> because because their faith begins to grow they have faith in their heart they have faith that god is going to do something this anointing is transferable everybody said transferable like oil is transferred the holy another thing about the anointing the holy spirit anointing could transfer both on living and non living objects on animate and inanimate objects now i want you to know we are not into this religious stuff we are not into religious stuff of you know praying over some things and and treating that like a cloth and say oh this is now holy cloth from israel and that some people bring water from the jordan and say this is holy water from the jordan amen i want you to know something there's nothing holy about those waters amen it's the holy ghost upon the waters that makes the water anointed it's the holy ghost upon your hands that makes your hands anointed amen some people have bought bottles of water from jordan they've kept it there some day at least before you die i don't know what you want to do you want to drink it but dang that's dangerous right there <laughs> that's like 5 years of jordan 
You know what kind of culture would be in there? Microorganisms growing in there. <laughs> you know, if God wants to heal you also, you take a sip of that, you know, you're going home. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, there's nothing holy about that. Then what is it? It is the faith of God that comes on your heart. That begins to operate. What does God say? God is saying, I want to transfer this anointing through you. This is why the Bible says in Acts 19 verse 11 and 12, the Bible says, now God worked unusual miracles at the hands of Paul that even handkerchiefs, amen, and aprons, handkerchiefs and aprons were what? Carried from his, you know what that means? They just touched a handkerchief on an anointed man. If you take a dry handkerchief and you touch it on a man that is dripping with water, what happens? Does the handkerchief get wet or does the water get dry? What happens? Uh, the water is still there until it evaporates off. The handkerchief begins to carry what was on you. Amen. You carry the anointing. The principle is the same. It is tangibly transferable. Hallelujah. Miracles can happen. Many years ago, we, you know, the early years, we just didn't have money in some points of times. And, you know, especially young people. The, the thing about young people, they have a lot of faith and no money. You know, they're broke all the time. The thing about old people, they have saved up a lot of money, but zero faith. They don't know what to do with this now. You know, and so I was young and we were broke. Young people are somehow anointed to be broke. You know, that's just the journey where we begin to trust God. And we had this bike and there was no petrol in it. And, uh, and there was very little petrol. And there was no money to buy it. And there are times you would lay hands on that petrol tank and say, Lord, fill it up in Jesus' mighty name. And I wouldn't open it up after that. I would think, let it go as long as it goes. And I have seen, I've just seen how God has just done miracles and, and increased. Uh, the, the vehicle wouldn't stop. We'll just keep going and driving and going. Miracles would happen. One day, many years ago, somebody had a, uh, asked their parent for a vehicle. And the parents said, well, we'll give you a vehicle, but if you will allow Dr. John to take it once a week on a mission trip. So the person wanted the vehicle desperately said, sure. I'll allow him to take it on a mission trip. Just buy me that vehicle. So they bought him the vehicle. And after buying the vehicle, I, once a week, I began to religiously drive it to one place for a meeting and I would come back once a week. And this went on for a few months. But one day while I was going with a man of God, I asked the man of God, I, this was, you know, many years ago, and this was one of those vehicles, we were getting about 17 lit, uh, kilometers to the liter. So I asked this man of God who was with me, I said, hey, why don't we trust God for an angelic tuning? Why don't we believe God? See, you will never see miracles until you believe God for it. Amen. You will never see what you're not looking for. You will never see it because you'll be other things on your mind. And so I said, why don't we believe God for a miracle? And I'm talking about, you know, the late 90s. And the late 90s, you didn't have vehicles with mileage more than, you know, uh, 20 or whatever. So I told my friend, I said, why don't we ask angels to tune this vehicle? Let's, and so we were driving. I said, while we're driving, how about that? He said, yeah, why not? So we're driving and going away. And on, on the way, he said, angels, why don't you tune our vehicle for us in Jesus' name? And we went to a nearby petrol bank and we filled petrol. And from that day onwards, the vehicle that was giving us 17 kilometers to the liter started giving us 25 kilometers to the liter. In those days, hey, this is before your, those diesel engines that had good mileage and all of that. This is long before all of these things. I'm talking about 97, 98, 99, that time. And, and, and it was giving week after week, month after month, 25 kilometers to the liter. We would fill it from top, we would top it up. And check it up, top it up and check it up. 
And every time, 25 kilometers later, until one day, the person told me, you know, John, I'm so sorry. I'm not so sure I can give you the vehicle for uh, once a week. I'm sorry about that. Uh, I'm not sure you can take that vehicle. And the person broke his word. I said, sure, why not? You know, I'm, that's fine. I'll figure out. And I, the person took it back. The moment the person took it back, the mileage dropped from 25 back to 17. Mm -hmm. Don't mess around with the anointing. I'm telling you. The anointing is powerful. Look at somebody and say, these hands carry the anointing of God. Say, these hands carry the anointing of God. How many of you are born again? You cannot be born again without the Holy Ghost. Amen. So if the Holy Ghost is in you, the Bible is saying, be filled. Be what? If you're filled, it will flow. Hallelujah. If you are filled with the Holy Ghost, that anointing will flow. The anointing is transferable. Handkerchiefs, aprons, all. Not only was this, the anointing was often transferred through touch or by laying on of hands. The Bible says in Luke's Gospel chapter 8, verse 43 to 46, the Bible talks about the story of a woman that had an issue with bleeding for many years. 18 years she was struggling with this whole issue of bleeding. And the Bible says as Jesus was passing by, it says, and a woman who had a hemorrhage for 12 years and, uh, and could not be healed by anyone. And what happens? And they, she came up behind him and she what? Touched. Everybody said touched. She touched the hem of his garment. She didn't touch him. She touched what he was wearing. She touched his cloth. Amen. Why? Because his cloth carried anointing. The, the anointing can be transferable. He touched the fringe of his cloak and immediately her hemorrhage stopped. But look what happens. And Jesus said, Jesus had a question. What was the question? Who touched me? Somebody touched me. And the disciples look at him and say, what kind of question are you asking? Somebody touched you. Everybody's around you. They're all surrounding you. They're all pushing at you. He said, I know. He says, they all pushed at me, but power didn't flow out of me. Somebody touched me. That was not an ordinary touch. That was a touch of faith. Hallelujah. It is not about, you know, some people say, you know, the pastor, he laid hand on me, nothing happened. I want you to know, every time somebody lays hands on you, it does not mean that something can happen. Sometimes the healing happens because of the leader's, pastor's faith. Sometimes the healing happens because of the recipient's faith. Sometimes pastor doesn't have faith, recipient doesn't have faith, but God has decided I'm going to pour out my spirit today. Hallelujah. If God decides to pour out his spirit on you, hallelujah. Amen. A few weeks ago, someone came up to Pastor Hannah and said, you know what, Pastor Hannah, I've been so sick. And I was walking in with asthma. I was sick with asthma. I was struggling to breathe. And uh, for a long time, the person had struggled and, and walked into the meeting. At that time, Pastor Hannah called out a healing. I see somebody being healed right now. There was a word of knowledge that was released. And the moment the word of knowledge was released, what happens? The anointing, everybody say, can be transferred. Come on. This anointing, the moment the word of knowledge was released, the anointing was transferred through the waves of the air. Amen. That anointing, when transferred through the wave of the air, when somebody reaches out in faith and receives it, bang, the power of God can come on you. The person got healed completely, said for, for years of asthma, struggling, struggling with years of asthma, totally, completely healed. Hallelujah. How many, how many of you believe God wants this anointing to flow through you? Amen. See, what happens is in our life, we look at what did not happen. And we say, you know, pastor, I prayed they didn't get healed. Oh, yeah. I prayed they passed away. Amen. Even if I didn't pray, 
They'd pass away. So what did I lose? Nothing. When I began to pray for the sick, I remember years ago, 1996, I went to a meeting, a wonderful, mighty man of God. Mighty man of God came to the meeting and he finished his meetings and he had to catch a train and rush off. And people were in the prayer line. And in that meeting, it was a five-day conference, a four-day conference. And he prayed over us. There was an impartation that happened. He left. And people are in the prayer line and being prayed over. And I go to one of the leaders. One line did not have somebody to pray for people. And so I go to one of the leaders and I say, hey, can you pray for this, that, that people on that line? Because there's nobody in the line. And the leader looked at me and said, why don't you go and stand and pray? I said, me? Now, you got to understand, I'm just, just fresh out of college or, you know, third, final year in college. And I said, I can't pray. You pray. You guys are the mighty man of God. He said, now you just go and stand in that line and start praying. I said, okay. Because this was in Karnataka. So I went there and I stood in front. And I looked at the lady and I said, en tundre, en what's the problem? You know, you, you're hoping that it'll be a stomach pain. You know, she looks at me and she said, she says, I can't hear. She expressed herself. I can't hear. I can't speak. And by now my faith has gone to my shoes. I have no faith for this now. And I'm thinking because first of all, I'm upset with that man for putting me there in the prayer line. Hallelujah. But that's how it begins. Amen. That's how it begins. God, it's a setup from God. Hallelujah. God will sometimes put you in a position where you are the only person on the planet available for that miracle. And so what did I do? I thought, okay, anyway, I got nothing to lose. Honestly, I didn't have faith for nothing. But I just decided, I've seen some people on TV putting their fingers in their ears. I said, okay, what we've seen on TV. So I put the fingers in the ears. And I said, I rebuke this sickness in Jesus' mighty name. And then I did one of those healing evangelist things. I, one of the years I said, can you hear? And the person, she was an elderly lady. Elderly lady. She looks at me and she And I'm going, huh? You, 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 you got healed. You see, God doesn't always need you to believe. But he needs you to obey. Hallelujah. Amen. Every time in the Bible is not because everybody had faith. Some people say, is it the preacher's faith? Is it the recipient's faith? I want you to know God will work through the preacher, through the recipient. God will even, God will even work through, I don't know, the birds of the sky. I don't know. I mean, God, God wants to work. He will work. Hallelujah. But he's asking, will you lend me your hands? Amen. Will you lend me your hands? Look at somebody and say, these hands are anointed hands. Hallelujah. Look at three people and say, these hands are anointed hands. Amen. Amen. God is putting his anointing on you. God is putting. Now, pastor, but what about the people that we prayed for that did not get healed? What about those people we prayed and we fasted? We did? I want you to know, I know they didn't get healed. But what about all of those that did get healed? If I had stopped that day, if I had told myself, I prayed and nothing happened. I want you to know so many people through these years would not have received their healing. Amen. The devil wants you to stop because of the people that did not get healed. That doesn't change the fact that God is still a healing God. Amen. God wants this anointing to flow through you. So what does this anointing do for you? I, and I want to, tonight, just this afternoon, uh, before praying together, I want you to know the first thing God says is, I want you to lay your hands on the sick. 
I know many pastors and preachers would love for people to come to their healing meeting and say, you come here, I'm this anointed man of God, they'll brand themselves, they'll market themselves. But the word of God says that God wants to work through all of you. Hallelujah. That God wants to operate through all of you. Why? Because the laying on of hands, right? Everybody put your hands forward like this. The laying on of your hands, listen to me carefully, is one of the foundational teaching of God's word. Which means one of the foundational teaching is righteousness. Is righteousness a foundational teaching? Yeah? Righteousness? Can you negotiate with that? Say, no, no, I'm not interested in that. I don't want to follow that. Do you want to negotiate that? No. What about baptism? Is baptism a foundational teaching? Is it an absolutely foundational teaching? The Bible says another foundational teaching is the laying on of your hands. Amen. Which means if you have not understood that God wants you to lay your hands on the sick, you have not understood the foundations. You're still a baby. I don't know. I did righteousness and baptism, Baba. Laying hands. Mm. That's for the pastors. No, that's not for the pastors. That is for every disciple. That is, it is a foundational teaching. What is he saying? Just like you received Christ by faith. Just like you repented. Just like you took water baptism. God is saying, now I want you to lay hands on the sick. Hallelujah. And it's not for special people. It is for you and for me. Jesus freely lay hands on the sick. And the power of God was flowing through him. And the Bible says in, in Luke 13, 13, and he lay hands on her. And the power of God flew, flowed through her and a hunchback began to straighten up in Jesus' mighty name. The laying on of hands is powerful. What happens? God wants a medium to flow through. Maybe your hands. Maybe it's your words. Because the anointing can be transferred through words. The anointing can be transferred through material or immaterial things or animate or, or inanimate objects. The anointing can be transferred through material or immaterial things, through air which is immaterial and through, the, and through, through cloth or through handkerchief, all these things. Now God is not looking for religious relics. Listen, we are not in the business of religious relics. Amen. We are in the business of the anointing of heaven. Hallelujah. The Bible says he wants this anointing to flow through you. And he lay hands on her. Jesus got people to lay hands. And he was laying hands on her. Jairus' daughter. The Bible says, Jairus walks up to Jesus and says, My daughter is sick. Will you come and? No, no, no. no. Lay your hands on her. Come on. He believed that Jairus believed in the power of the laying on of hands. Will you just come and? Lay your hands on her. Why? Because he knew that he carried the anointing. Will you come and lay hands? The deaf mute man. He stood in front of Jesus. And, and, and the Bible says that Jesus, you know, he just, he just lay hands on him and he got healed. The blind man, Jesus put his hands on his eyes. Do you know? Now this might shock you. Do you know there are miracles in the Bible where Jesus lay hands but did not say anything? And they got healed. No, I rebuke in Jesus' name. I bind the sickness. Nothing. What did he do? Release the anointing that was on him. So what do you need to do if the anointing of God is on you? God wants you to be filled every day. 
so that you will have this anointing that can flow through Jesus practice it he got his disciples to practice it apostle paul lay hands many signs and wonders happened at the hands of these apostles bible says god did unusual miracles hallelujah you know i want to tell you something some of you may say i don't see unusual miracles i want you to know start with the usual miracles start with what you know in your heart god can do and then god will take you into unusual miracles i could share story after story i've run out of time really this morning but i could tell you story after story about the power of the anointing the anointing is carried in words hallelujah this anointing can be carried in words he, he wants it to be released through your words through the laying on of your hands that this anointing who will lay hands the bible says go into all the world and do what make disciples of all nations in the process that is there you have that in matthew 28 but in the process of matthew 28 what about the great commission of mark 16 what does the bible say in mark 16 16 17 it says like this and they you what will happen in my name you will cast out demons and then what you'll what said these signs will accompany those who have believed and in my name they will cast out demons they will speak in new tongues and then they will pick up deadly snakes and drink deadly poison but not hurt them they will lay hands on the sick one of the things about the ministry of the great commission was laying on of hand but some of you say well i'll tell them to receive jesus christ as their savior i'll tell them to get water baptized you tell them to receive jesus christ you tell them to get water baptized then go all the way if you've got to lay hands on the sick lay hands on the sick amen if you got to cast out demons you cast out those demons why it is not you look at somebody and say it's not me it's the anointing of god amen who's casting out demons but i'm afraid of demons i know you're afraid of demons that's why you'll be full of the holy ghost hallelujah hallelujah the anointing of god is upon you the anointing of god is upon you you know when i was back in college one day there were some people that were practicing the Ouija board. I don't know if you know the Ouija board. This, all kinds of, all kinds of demonic activities they were doing, and it was quite well known in college and especially in the ladies' hostel. A lot of the girls were doing that. They wanted they, they would keep this board there and had letters and numbers and some stones, yes, no, and all that. And then they'll pray, any Holy Spirit passing by, any Holy Spirit passing by, and the stone that they kept there would move from move from where it was by itself without anybody touching would move to yes they'll say what is your name holy spirit they call it holy spirit they didn't know what spirit it was and that stone would move to different places and this was going on in our hostel in fact in in the hostel where i was these guys would be doing this Ouija board stuff and one day one guy was doing this Ouija board the flask from the table lifted off and it's hanging in mid -air. he screamed he ran and you know when they run they know where to come if you are preaching the gospel regularly amen you know they're still running because they don't know that you carry the anointing they came running to me and they said john what do you know that that flask lifted off i said so i said i can lift a flask i lifted a flask and i said the devil can lift a flask i can lift a flask one day, one guy was doing his front door, bang, fell off. Fan fell from the roof. All kinds of demonic activities. 
and they came and they said john john you got to do something about this now when they're in trouble they know where to go you got to do something about this and this was happening even in the ladies hostel until one of the sisters came to me and my classmate she came to me and she said she said john you need to what do we do what do we do because it seems uh, some demonic activity was they were doing in the room and demons filled the room they ran out of the room they are afraid to go back inside the room i said okay why don't you go and pray she said i can't pray i said why not she said i don't know those demons must be in there i said okay because you're afraid and everybody's afraid i said let me just i said just bring some water or oil or something because i knew that the anointing can be transferred and i just prayed over that i said i'll just go and sprinkle it over that these demons have to go the next they went there and they prayed and they she just sprinkled it over that room and those demonic hosts over that room just left hallelujah amen look at somebody and said these hands anointed hands amen these hands are anointed hands one day and soon after that one of the girls who was doing a lot of this black magic thing or whatever was my classmate she came to me she looked at me and said you don't believe in this stuff do you i said no i do i believe in this stuff she said no 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 you be- you don't believe in this stuff i said no i do believe in this stuff i believe in demons i just believe that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world so she said i want to challenge you i do this almost every day and i said i want to challenge you i can show you that this works i said i know it works i said go ahead and she she sat down and in you know elaborately beginning to do all her i said in jesus mighty name i bind you demon you will not move from this place she said oh yeah you want to see my demons are more powerful the spirit i said it will not happen in jesus mighty name i rebuke this right now and it just didn't happen she looked at me and she's absolutely shocked see that's a great moment to tell them that they don't have to be slaves of the enemies greater is he that is in me come on put your hand on your head say i'm an ordinary person i carry an extraordinary god i carry an anointing i shall lay my hands and the power of god shall flow through my hands come on every eye closed in the presence of god let's pray together father in the mighty name of jesus the fire of god to come upon these hands of god this fire of god to come upon the hands of these people of god that miracles signs and wonders shall follow the laying on of these hands because of the anointing hallelujah go ahead and thank god for that right now father let there be an impartation let the church begin to arise this is not only for pastors and leaders these signs shall follow everyone that believes in jesus mighty name lord let them see these miracles maybe they don't see one here or there but let them begin to see as a man believes oh god let their faith arise in jesus mighty name let there be an impartation of faith oh god to see these mighty wonders of God upon their lives i thank you and i praise you lord i pray you give them grace to build their faith to see greater things in jesus mighty name amen 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 one more time lift your hands and say these hands are anointed hands god has commanded us to lay hands upon the sick and they will recover in jesus mighty name god has commanded us to cast out demons Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I wish I could tell you things that have happened in my life. Story after story. So exciting. So exciting. So exciting. So exciting. But you will do greater things. Amen. Look at somebody and say that you will do greater things. Amen. Let's worship the Lord as we give up to the Lord.
rise up to our feet and uh, give our offerings unto God.